Hey, it's Chris, the Supply Chain Doctor and host of Supply Chain is Boring, bringing insight into the history of supply chain management and exposing you to some of the industry's thought leaders and driving forces. In this part one of a two-part series, we sat down with Dr. Ron Ballou, Professor Emeritus of Operations at the Weatherhead School of Management, Case Western Reserve University, to learn more about the history of supply chain management and review some of his predictions made in 2006. It all sounds pretty boring. Let's see if Ron can prove me wrong. Ron, I ran across your paper, The Evolution and Future of Logistics and Supply Chain Management, when I was doing some research on the topic. This paper is especially interesting to me as I study the history of supply chain management. So I look forward to learning more about the paper and getting your perspectives on what I call this boring field of supply chain management. But before we get into that, can you, Ron, just, just tell us a little bit about you, kind of you know, where you grew up, where you went to university and how you got into this field? Well, I grew up in Columbus, Ohio. I went to Ohio State. My first degree was in mechanical engineering and I was going to get a master's degree in acoustics, but I had trouble getting the courses uh, because I was uh, working at the time. And uh, I thought about adding management to that degree. So I went over to the business school at Ohio State and I was encouraged to think about an MBA. So I did follow that path getting an MBA, and then that led to a PhD. Now, normally we wouldn't have, at that time, we're talking about 1963, we wouldn't have thought about a major in, in logistics because if you look at business school curricula at that time, they were uh, teaching production. Transportation was perhaps a elective course, but it wasn't part of the uh, curricula for most courses. What's the time frame? When did you go to university? I'm just trying to- Well, uh, 1955 to 1960 was uh, when I was in undergraduate school. Okay. We had a five-year program at that time. So after that, 1960 to 1963, uh, I was in the MBA program. And uh, 1963 to 1965 was when I was in the PhD program. But since you're interested in the evolution and the early history of what we call supply chain management now, there were only a couple of universities around the country that were actually teaching physical distribution. Before that time, before 1960, we were thinking transportation. And you just don't have the kind of broad perspective that we have today. But anyway, at that time, there was one book out that started, I think, started the um, logistics philosophy. And that was a book by Smikey, Bowersox, and Mossman called Physical Distribution Management. And what that did at that time was to bring together transportation and inventory management primarily. At that time, transportation was taught as a singular subject, it was regulated at that time, so it was often economics of transportation. Inventories were thought of as a marketing and warehousing issue. So we saw that the that part was managed by the marketing folks, having enough inventory to supply demand and so forth. This first book combined those two and showed 
that there was a trade-off between transportation and inventories. Well, now we're into about 1960. There were a few people starting to work this idea. Gayton Germain, for example, was an early name uh, at Stanford University. The colleges that were doing anything with, quote, logistics at the time, Penn State University, Maryland to some degree, Ohio State, Stanford. Now, I got into logistics with a fellow named Jim Heskett. That's an early name. He had written a book with, uh, with a couple of fellows called Logistics Management. You have to understand that uh, in these very early days, we only worried about the outbound side of a firm. That is the physical distribution side. And if you can think about marketing at that time, the four P's of marketing promulgated by Jerome McCarthy, he called it place uh, as one of the four P's, product, promotion, price, and place. But it really was physical distribution. And uh, Jerome McCarthy was at Michigan State, had a very popular undergraduate marketing book. And that's where Don Bowersons and Smikey and Mossman were. So there was that kind of connection at that time. When Jim Heskett wrote his book, I'm thinking it's uh, Heskett Glaskowski uh, on that book too, but he brought in the supply side of distribution. So there is the kind of connection. It wasn't just physical distribution, but it, they were touching on the supply side now. Okay, I was at Ohio State in the course MBA and Jim Heskett had come from Ohio, uh, from Stanford and had written a book, Gate and Germain on transportation, but also then this book on logistics. And I can't recall exactly how I got in contact with Jim Heskett. But anyway, there were original six of us that were in the PhD program with Jim Heskett. Jim Heskett, by the way, uh, left a few years later after I started and went on to Harvard. And he is a fellow that uh, you might know there. He became a chaired UPS professor at Harvard, but he didn't really follow logistics after that. He got into the service industry arena. In his early days, he was interested in logistics. And he put together a, a program at Ohio State as a marketing professor at that time. So I, I latched onto that. And um, why would I follow logistics when there wasn't much there? Well, I guess I'm kind of a guy that follows the path least trod. And uh, it, it seemed interesting. And with my analytical background, it was appealing. So I went on to finish my PhD under Jim Heskett, as did the five other fellows uh, that were in that program with me, and started at Northwestern. My first job was at Northwestern. Of course, they didn't have any logistics program. They didn't know how to pronounce it, let alone spell it. So I taught quantitative methods and started a course in logistics, which I think is still going to this day, but uh, I did start one there uh, as part of the MBA program. Uh, stayed at Northwestern for three years, then came to Cleveland uh, at Case Western Reserve University. 
which didn't have a program in logistics either. As I told you, there was only a, a few universities in that early period that were even talking about logistics. So I'm trying to push a, a big stone up a, a hill, uh, trying to get people to recognize logistics. It was not easy. As I said, most universities didn't teach it. So you're trying to make curriculum changes and so forth in an area that just didn't have much traction. So I kept pushing and I was in the marketing department. Now, as time went on in the 60s, there were a couple of universities that actually had some programs in logistics. Penn State was a big player at that time. University of Maryland also at that time. Uh, there were some names that were kind of leaders at that time, but the field was not recognized. Uh, if you looked on the street and you looked at the logo on trucks, it was transportation. You look at them today and it's logistics. Look at all the trucks that have logistics on their name. That was not the case. We were not heard of very well in the 60s and the 70s and the 80s. It, it, completely different climate than we see today. If you look at the hirings of universities, they're just all over the place wanting to hire supply chain management people. That wasn't the case. That wasn't the case. Those of us that were in the field were under-recognized, under-appreciated, as we often said, underloved. but things changed. And I guess I'm too late to really benefit so much from uh, supply chain management because it certainly is a place that we would have liked to have been in the 1960s. You have to understand that in business school curricula, business was built on finance and marketing and other courses that were in those programs were production. I took a course in production in my MBA. No transportation directly in that program wasn't required. I did take it course in transportation uh, in my PhD program, but it was uh, as an elective, not as a requirement. So you see, people weren't looking, well, except for purchasing. I, I should bring purchasing. There's a whole cadre of people that were into purchasing. Maybe there was a purchasing course uh, in a business program, or maybe it was an elective, but it wasn't connected it wasn't brought into connection with physical distribution, for example. And that's kind of where we are today. In uh, the last edition of my book, I did bring in sourcing in a greater extent, trying to build this, certainly this connection. We had books in purchasing, just purchasing, see? Now, purchasing kind of got on board if you go into the 90s and so forth where they stretched themselves into inventory management and so forth, but they never got into transportation. This was the linchpin. It was hard to know where to put transportation. Today, if you wrote a book in supply chain management, it would have sourcing, purchasing, it would have inventory management, it would have transportation, it would have information as key elements but that wasn't the case originally. It, it had to develop over time. What's interesting now, 
you raised up several topics. I'll just go with the current one. I'm, I'm reading, I'm studying a book. Uh, I'll get the last name on David's, uh, Samechi out of Harvard. He wrote the book, but it's called Designing and Managing the Supply Chain Concepts. But what's new to me from that one is coin something. There's the supply chain and then there's the, the development chain. And unfortunately, he includes sourcing in the development chain, which to my, in my view, I think sourcing is part of the supply chain, but I'm sure it's probably just semantics. But for, for many years, probably Ron, five to 10 years ago, when I would go to networking meetings and I would talk to a purchasing person and I'd say, what, what's your title? And they would say supply chain manager and what they were doing was purchasing. So it's, a lot's changed. You know, it's included now, but it's much more than just purchasing. So I'm glad you had that perspective on including, you know, including sourcing and purchasing. It's interesting also, I, I did an interview with, I don't know if you know him, Doug Lambert. Oh, I know Doug. Out of yes. Ohio State. And he he kind of tied in uh, his concept, his interview topic was on carrying cost, you know, formalizing the concept of carrying Yes, cost. that was his PhD topic. So a few years yeah, he, he was on that finance side. And then what else is interesting, I didn't realize Stanford was into the supply chain or logistics supply chain management space. I know Historically, Dr. Hao Lee has has done some seminal work. Mm -hmm. um, so, and I, I know he's at Stanford, so maybe that's kind of where he got his uh, his ideas from. And then Maryland, I didn't realize Maryland was in the mix. I don't know if they still are, or, but that was interesting. I'll have to research some of that. So, you, your book? What's your book? I, I read your paper. I haven't read your book. Obviously, what was your book? Oh, Is it a textbook? Uh, Business logistics supply chain management, fifth edition by Pearson. Okay. Now, it's out of print now. It's, it was in print for 40 years, which is a pretty long time for a, an academic book. Went through five editions, uh, still being used uh, internationally. I have a second book called Basic Business Logistics, but it went out of print in the 80s, but it's still used in Brazil. Those are the two books that I carried along in this field. It's interesting that I, I did a query to do a, a Google search on your books and went one of them comes up in Spanish. That must be the Brazil. Oh, yeah. The Brazil. Book. Yeah. Yeah. It's been translated in other uh, languages, Japanese, the basic book. And it looks like you may have, did you coin the term business logistics? Or because that seems to be a key, a key no, transition. No, that was point. Jim Heskett's early book, Business Logistics. See, that goes back to about 1963. That was just, a, you know, an early title where he got away from physical distribution as a, as a name. Ivy was the third uh, person on uh, his book. Okay. Eskid, Laskowski, and Ivy were the three authors on that, uh, on that early book. Yeah, I'm also tracking kind of the terminology trends. So I, I think you had mentioned it in your paper that I referenced earlier, that really lo logistics or whatever it is, got it started in the military. Oh, sure. And then, and then, and then that's looking at the trend. I think maybe you, you and your crew, at around that time, maybe 60s, 70s, kind of formalized it into business logistics. But that's that's what I'm guessing for the first time. Well, we had to we put business on that because it was a popular term in the military, and business was very reluctant, in my view, to pick up uh, logistics as a term you know, put it on their trucks and in their logo and stuff like that. Uh, so it took a while to get beyond that. So we in academia put business onto that term, not just called it logistics, 
management, though Budalan and others had a book called Logistical Management. Don Bowersox was an author on that first physical history thing, did write uh, with others a book called Logistical Management and without the term business. I was always cautious to put business onto that label so it didn't have a military context. We separate it from the military. The quartering of troops and so forth, logistical activities in the military go way back. That was not business logistics. Yeah, interesting tie-in to the military. Early in my career, so Ron, I started, I graduated 89. Okay. So my, my career was what the early 90s, started in the early 90s. And I remember the key, logi- they weren't called logistics officers or anything at that time, but key key people running supply chain, man- well, it wasn't even supply chain management, it was basically warehousing and distribution. But I remember some of the key hires were, were former military generals. Yeah, that was a rage there in the early 90s. And I guess it makes sense because that's kind of, they did a lot of the, the logistics and, and managing movements in the military. So why not apply it to the business? So I remember one was, uh, specifically, that was Gus Pagonis. I don't know if you know that name, but I think he was running Sears Logistics for a while. And he was big into the, he came out, he was a general in the military, but that, that makes sense. The other thing that ties it in is, a lot of these people I talk to, you know, Doug Lambert, who, who's the other one from, which you said you might know, Jim Stock. Oh, I know um, Jim. Stock. They, yeah, we I, were a small group and we knew each other in those early days. There weren't many of us, we see, that were writing, doing research and so forth into this area. So it was a band of brothers, mm-hmm. if you will. We, we knew each other. Different than, let's say, marketing, which had hundreds of professors and so forth. We pretty well knew each other. On that theme of marketing, it's it's interesting, Ron. I I talk to young students today, and I say when I when I was in university, what you know, the late '80s, there wasn't supply chain management wasn't a thing. Actually, I didn't even take a logistics class. It wasn't offered. Kind of what you talked about, but I said where I learned about logistics, it might have been a chapter in a marketing book. So I, I say that tongue in cheek, but the more I talk to people like you, I realize why that's the fact is because it, it has its roots in marketing in the four P's. I, did, I never realized that. And that's, right. where, that's where a lot of the academics come from is, is taking that product or that place of the P and, and making it a bit more formal in terms of logistics. Just to close this thought about supply chain management, Business logistics and supply chain management, we had trouble connecting the two or differentiating the two. I have to say, I don't know where the term supply chain management came about. It just sort of came out of the ocean, if you will. It was such a wonderful term. We had such a hard time selling the term logistics, but everybody seemed to grab on to supply chain management. But I have to tell you, I don't know where the term actually originated. It doesn't seem to be a seminal point that suddenly we're into. But we try to differentiate business logistics from supply chain management. And it seems like we want to say that business logistics is contained within a firm. Bud Lalonde wanted to talk about extended logistics. That was his way of approaching this supply chain. Supply chain management was to involve 
more partners in getting the product from Mother Earth to the end consumer. That's what we want to consider supply chain management to be. Well, why would we even consider that? In my mind, what really happened, it was the advancement in information technology that allowed us to share information, let's say, between our firm and a supplier. So we could start to coordinate the movement between outside suppliers and ourselves. So we get into these terms, which you have said in your notes, you know, compromising, trust, cooperation. Those are terms when you try to go outside of a legal entity, your own firm, and work and coordinate with another legal entity that you don't own and try to make trade-offs that are for the benefit of both of you, but the benefits can pool with one of you at the expense of the other, and then you've got to share those benefits back with a partner. That's hard to do, and that's the real challenge. It isn't that we can't mathematically define the benefits of cooperation in the supply chain, but to actually make it work is a psychological problem. Doug Lambert's thing even today is uh, he sees supply chain more as relationship management, your relationship with your suppliers and your customers. Sure. I mean, we can, we can see that. I've written, well, at least one paper I know uh, about this spanning issue, showing mathematically how between transportation and inventory management, it's better to cooperate for the benefit of more than one firm in totality. But the problem is that the benefits can pool with one of the members of the channel. And as they benefit, how do you share back those benefits with the members that cooperated to create them in the first place? That's the real challenge. Oh, I've got an article on showing mathematically some of this, but in all honesty, Doug is right. It's relationship management, it's trust, it's cooperation, it's compromise, all of those soft terms. You know, General Motors had vertical coordination. They would have parts suppliers that they owned. That's not hard to create a compromise situation because the same company owns both the production facilities and the and the supply. But when you have separate legal entities, that's where you have a real challenge. This concludes part one. Be sure to listen to part two as Dr. Ballou continues discussing his predictions from 2006 and his views on the future of supply chain management. Supply Chain is Boring is part of the Supply Chain Now Network, the voice of supply chain. Interested in sponsoring this show or others to help you get your message out, Send a note to chris at supplychainnow.com. We can also help with world-class supply chain education and certification workshops for you or your team. Thanks for listening. And remember, supply chain is boring. These ideas that we've talked about have evolved over 45 or 50 years. I was a young Turk. What did I know? Well, you know, I, I had a few courses in what Jim defined uh, as logistics. Took a course in geography. He looked around the university and tried to uh, find courses for us in the PhD program that made sense in a logistics program.